0: I can't stop it. It's like, it's it's a thing that I've started and it it, it can't be stopped. Can you come up with one for Country Heat Weekly? Anders, son of a gun! We're having a great time all of a sudden. That's my pen. You're welcome.
1: Welcome to Country Heat Weekly. We are so glad that you've tuned in to the destination for all country music fans. I'm Kelly Sutton. And I'm Amber Anderson, and I am sitting next to the woman who made her
2: Grand Ole Opry hosting debut last weekend. How did I not know this was
1: happening? I need to know everything. Okay, so it happened really fast. I honestly didn't know it was happening either. (laughs) It's one of those things that I need to explain. I was hosting at the Grand Ole Opry. I did not perform at the Grand Ole Opry. I don't really sing. Well, sometimes I do sing, but mostly like in the car and, you know, that one karaoke time. That yeah. I, there's <laughs> some of that. But other than that, I host things. So I was hosting at the Grand Ole Opry. Oh, my gosh. This is this is so
2: great. Let's start at the beginning. So each night at the Opry, there's a host who introduces the acts that are performing, gives sponsor information, gives birthday shout outs, announces special occasions, and basically they're just the MC for the Opry for the evening because it is
1: a live radio show. Absolutely. I mean, I'm basically the ring Of the Opry Circus. Right. And it all happened really quickly because I was working at my other gig, which is a host at WSM AM 650. That is the home of the Grand Ole Opry. It started in 1928. And all of the announcers work at WSM. I was actually kind of back there just shadowing and learning more about how it all works, all the mechanics of putting it all together. But what I love the most about this is that every
2: Opry announcer I know of is a guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and they've been doing it for a very, very right. long time. It's a very prestigious situation to be put in, <laughs> yeah. and I'm learning from some of the best. Uh, Bill Cody and Charlie Mattos and my friend Mike Terry are incredible. But I'd been shadowing, and I said, "I think I'm ready. Put me in, coach." Oh my
2: gosh! Okay, so how was it? Was it nerve wracking? Like, how'd you feel? Were you was the adrenaline pumping?
1: It was kind of crazy because when you start the show, there's a huge curtain that's in front of you, and you actually start talking before that. And I thought the band was going to start. But then I realized quickly they were all staring at me, waiting for me. So everything was reliant upon me. I'm like, oh, for all the first eyes on time, Kelly. for the first time, I'm speechless. What do I say? So as soon as I started talking, I said, "Welcome to the Friday night Grand Ole uh, Opry," and the big curtain went up, and there's a full house full of people, and I realized oh my gosh, this is something that I've always wanted to do. This is a bucket list moment.
2: As a former Opry employee, that moment is so magical. So do you just explaining that just got me all like emotional about it. But do you want to do it again? Of
1: course, <laughs> I want to do
2: it again. <laughs> I think I don't know the, the answer time. to that, but...
1: I had to ask. It was incredible. And you know, now the, the really cool thing is I might be put into a role that hasn't been filled by a female oh. full time. It's it's we've had females that have done it before and Jeannie Seeley certainly has filled in. She's an Opry member. But for a full time female, that's never happened. So let's make this happen. We're
2: manifesting this. Love it.
1: Yes. Yes. And this is so
2: perfect because our guest today has a dog named Opry. Yes, she does. (laughs) Lauren Elena is in the house. Literally, I think she is in the makeup chair right now.
1: I mean, she has so much going on. We're going to be talking about her brand new book. It's out, Getting Good at Being You. She also has a movie that she's in, and she just announced a headlining tour for 2022. Plus, we're going to dig into music we love on the Country Heat playlist and introduce everyone to
2: a Garth Brooks superfan named Jennifer, who has a laundry room dedicated to her favorite artist.
1: I mean, when I heard about Jennifer, I was like, why the laundry room? I was running through my head all of the Garth Brooks lyrics I know. (laughs) Do any of them involve sheets or towels? Not really. Don't think so. But there is a reason, and she'll tell us
2: why. Plus, we'll also play holiday-themed editions of Who Said That and Burning Question.
1: And if you still have some Christmas shopping to do, we've got you covered. We have a little gift guide that we've put together for... All of your country music fans and friends that you happen to have on your list. So stay tuned for that. It's all happening on Country Heat Weekly. More artists, more music, more heat.
2: We start the show like we do each week with a rundown of what's cooking in Music City. I feel like every week we've got tour announcements in the news. hmm I'm totally here for it.
1: Me too. And this week we found out Tim McGraw is going out on tour. 17 dates starting at the end of April. That's
2: right. He has three different openers. Two of them, it seems that he found on social
1: media. This is pretty cool because I was actually following one of the openers. Her name is Alexandra Kay. Mm -hmm. She had been doing cover songs and she did a version of Don't Take the Girl. He saw it. Now she is now opening for Tim McGraw. take me out of this world. Please, don't take the, girl. the other one, Brandon Davis, same situation. He found him on TikTok. I mean, it's like they basically hit the Tim McGraw lottery. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it.
3: She's got asked by Tim McGraw to go on tour. <laughs> Tim McGraw is asking me to go on tour, man. Come on. What is this? Oh, my word. This is amazing.
1: And then Russell Dickerson is also going out with him. I mean, we love Russell. And he is going to be headlining one day because he is such a great performer. Yeah. Speaking of Tim, I don't know. Have you seen 1883? This is the new western that is the prequel for yellowstone i have seen the promos they
2: look absolutely unbelievable mm-hmm. i have not seen yellowstone myself which i know i'm really behind and i need to get to I need get, to get, on get this, you but on that yeah i really want to watch this
1: <laughs> well it's incredible too to see tim and faith together Faith has curly hair. That's her yeah. natural curly hair. And they are playing husband and wife in 1883. But I read an interview where Tim said they don't rehearse together at home at all. In fact, they keep it very separate. They don't work on it unless they are on set. That
2: makes sense to me. Yeah? I would. I feel like I would want that separation, too.
1: I don't know. The perfectionist in me would probably be like, no, we need to rehearse right now. We're home. Let's right. do this.
2: I am really looking forward to watching this. 1883, you can check it out on Paramount+. Plus.
1: And we also have to mention this. There's going to be a Charlie Pride biopic coming out called American Pride. American Pride. I see what they did there.
2: It's the first feature film from Dennis Quaid's new production company.
1: Absolutely. We see him in town from yeah. time to time. He's played the Opry. I was going to say, he
2: played, he's played the Opry for sure.
1: And listen, if you haven't heard our last episode of Country Heat Weekly, you definitely need to check it out. It's the one with Jason Aldean. We did a rediscover on Charlie Pride that you need to hear. I am still humming Burgers and fries.
0: Pie, simple man,
4: good back then. Walk your nips.
2: Okay, Kelly, have you gotten your Christmas shopping done? I would say like
1: 90% finished. How about you?
2: I have picked up a few things here and there. Okay. Definitely need to get on it. I thrive on the last minute shopping. (laughs) This is true. But the team at Country Heat Weekly here has put together a fun little gift guide for country music fans. So really quick, here are some ideas if you're like me and haven't gotten your shopping quite done yet. And really, these are great gifts for any time of year. So my first suggestion is an Applebee's gift card <laughs> so that you can have your own fancy, like, date night, Walker Hayes style. Oh, don't forget about the Oreo shake. <laughs> That's so great. Fun fact. Did you know they actually brought the Oreo shake back to the menu because of the song?
1: Absolutely. Isn't that amazing? Yes, they <laughs> should have. I love that. Okay, here's another option for everybody out there. Little Big Town has their own wine. Yes. It's perfect for day drinking. See what I did? Yes. Okay. So there are two types of wine, actually. They have the canned wine, which is called Day drinking, and then they have the really premium, nice bottled wine. That's actually called Four Cellars, but you have to be a part of a membership wine club to get it. Yes,
2: that's true. Very exclusive. Very exclusive. And of course, we'll be talking to Lorna Elena about her new book, but Kelsey Ballerini's poetry book also
1: makes a great stocking stuffer. That one's called Fill Your Way Through. Now, Kelsey told me not to be scared by a poetry book. She said it's basically an autobiography that rhymes. Speaking of books, my friend Alison Bonaguro just released a book called Backstaged. Let me tell you something. She has been in the country music business as a journalist for 15 years. And Amber, she spills the tea. I bet she (laughs) does. I need to get this book. You seriously do. It is such a great read. And she is an incredibly gifted writer. Another gift idea. How about something that has little Dolly mixed into it? Holly Dolly sugar cookies. It's a mix that you can get at Williams-Sonoma.
2: Oh, my goodness. Does it come with Dolly cookie cutters? Unfortunately,
1: no. (laughs) But supposedly, it is her sugar cookie recipe. That's a great gift. I
2: know a couple people I can buy that for. And of course, you can never go wrong with concert tickets, albums, gifting someone a subscription to Amazon Music, maybe? Oh, I like that idea. (laughs)
1: So if you're new to the pod, our show is based on our Country Heat universe on Amazon Music. Country Heat
2: is the flagship country playlist where the hottest songs on Amazon Music live.
1: So as we dig into all things Country Heat, we like to spotlight some of our favorite songs on the playlist each and every week. I got to see one of our playlist songs. Live. Oh, tell week. me
2: about it. Well, Brady Spencer was playing a club here in town and Willie Jones actually opened for her.
1: She was everywhere. She actually played the Opry Friday night, but I haven't seen Willie live yet. How was it? He was great. He has a great voice, really
2: confident stage presence, but it was an acoustic set. Okay. So, him just himself and two guitars. So down by the riverside, sounded a little bit different than we're used to hearing it. Oh,
1: interesting. Still had all the swag though. Yes. Swag was there. He is definitely a rising star to watch. I love it. Have you spent any time with the new Thomas Rhett song, Slow Down Summer? I have. It is a favorite. Really? <laughs> it is a favorite. But
2: is it hard to listen to a summer song I in was, December?
1: <laughs> I was going to bring that up. I love the song. I love the imagery. I don't love listening to it in the middle of December. I was like, I'm questioning why they put this out right now. Why was this not a summer release? It's such a good song, though. It's such a good song. I want to hear this while I'm laying by the pool or on a boat, not while I'm freezing by the fireplace. Yeah, it makes me a little bitter. It's okay. (laughs) Oh, and I saw that the Walker Hayes remix of Fancy Like is on the playlist. Yes. The one with Karim León.
4: Yes.
3: He is a freakishly talented regional Mexican artist. And we started texting, hit it off. You know, I sent him Fancy Like. And when he sent me back the verses, I was like, I don't know what this means, but it sounds awesome. It's so good. And that immediately, it became my kids' favorite version of the song. I mean, we've listened to that more than the Kesha remix more than like the dance remixes of it and stuff. I mean, they are obsessed. I would love to do it live at some point, you know, together to his crowd.
2: We love to see country music expanding its borders. The song Jason Aldean talked about in last week's show, Small Town Small, is also on the playlist, as well as new tunes from Parmalee, Gabby Barrett, and Cody Johnson.
1: Make sure that you find and follow the Country Heat playlist on Amazon Music so you can keep up to date on all the hottest tunes coming out of Nashville. And while you're on the app, make sure you check out the extended video from last week's interview with Jason Aldean. Okay, Kelly, it is time for Who Said That? This is where we read the quote. You guys at home try to guess which country star said it, and after the break, we play the audio for you.
2: And normally in our pre-show prep, we find out what quote we're using this week, and at least one of us knows who said it. Not
1: this week. Nope. They're making us guess right along with everyone listening. You want to read it? Sure. Sure. Getting my German Shepherd into a Christmas sweater is no easy feat. I'll tell you that. Who
2: said that? I'm trying to think of which country artists have German Shepherds.
1: The only one I can think of is Chris Young. That was going to be my guess. (laughs) Porter is his dog, Mm -hmm. and I can see him trying to put Porter into a sweater. Oh, no doubt. But Miranda also has a lot of dogs. Mm. So I'm thinking there might be a German Shepherd in there somewhere. That's a solid guess. Well, keep listening, and we'll all find out together right here on Country Heat Weekly.
4: Okay, Amber, it's time to find out who said that. We all get matching PJs. My husband, myself, my sons, and our dogs. And getting my German Shepherd into uh, a Christmas sweater is no easy feat, I will tell you that.
1: Carrie Underwood! Underwood. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot she has a German Shepherd named Zero. Oh, I I did not know that. I know a lot about Carrie. I
2: learned something new today. (laughs) Elena is a bright, shining light in this town. We first met her on American Idol Season 10, where she finished as runner-up to Scotty McCreary.
1: She was just a teenager at the time, and over the last decade, we have watched her grow up into this strong, confident young woman. But she's weathered a lot of storms along the way. In 2017, she won the ACM New Female Artist of the Year,
2: and she's also picked up two CMT awards and has so far had three number one
1: songs. So many things are happening in Lord Elena's world. But we drug her in here just in time so that we could talk about one of the most important things, your book and all the other good things that are happening too.
0: I'm so excited. You guys are telling me you you listen to it, right? Yes. Which if you listen to it, it is me reading it, which is very funny. My Southern accent, I'm sure. I have not heard it, but I imagine it's pretty funny at times. It's perfect.
1: I felt like you were sitting in my car reading it to me and I loved that. Yeah. It was special. It was so good. It was
0: so weird to do that. Really? It was harder for me to read it out loud than it was for me to write it. I'm sure. A couple of the chapters were hard for me to even get through. But I think it's important that people can also hear it from my voice, you know?
1: We have to tell everybody the title. We're going on and on about the (laughs) book. But it's Getting Good at Being You, Lauren Elena's book. It's out now. First of all, where did the idea for doing a book come from? Did you always think you would publish a book one day? Yeah, I definitely
0: always wanted to write a book. I never felt ready. I felt like I was still in the middle of the book every time I thought about it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, HarperCollins came to me with the opportunity. And so I thought, well, what would my book be about? And um, obviously, it's a faith-based book, which my faith is the foundation of everything that I am. You know, it is my foundation. So that is like—it was important to me— My first book, you know, I probably will write another one at some point. But this one felt like the right first book. You
2: don't shy away from those tough subjects. You talk about having an eating disorder. What was it like talking about some of those really tough things and seeing that in print?
0: I always share my stories through my songs, right? But they're three minutes long. So there's only so much you can say in three minutes. Road Less Traveled was about my eating disorder, about not letting other people decide if I feel good enough about myself or if I'm thin enough or if I'm whatever. So
1: I've
0: talked about my eating disorder publicly multiple times, but to really like, get in there and talk about how it started and how bad it got and it was very overwhelming at times it made me sad to like relive it but I knew it was so important and then by the time I got through all of it at the end of the book I was so proud because I felt like I had overcome a lot of stuff that I didn't even really realize, which I think is true for all of us. I Feel like it's very therapeutic to write a book. I would encourage everyone even if you never release it to do it. Very therapeutic and could everybody I really needed some therapy. I was locked in the pandemic like everybody else. So I was like this is a good time. I love
2: the way you you challenge us as readers and listeners on yeah. Audible to write things down. Like write them in a journal, write it in lipstick on your mirror, whatever it was, just kind of get those words out.
0: I'm a big believer in writing things down. There is a lot of power in writing it, thinking it, writing it, looking at it, reading it. And I think that there's something really powerful in it.
1: Well and I want to talk to you about the layers because it feels like you've expressed yourself in song and that's one certain layer of vulnerability. And then you're writing it down in a book. But then to top it off, to go back in, as we were saying earlier, and record it, that level of being vulnerable had to hit you in a whole different way. When I read it
0: out loud, that is actually the moment where I felt the pride, when I got through it. The chapter about my stepdad, Sam, we had to stop, I think, like three or four different times, because I that is a very, that is a very difficult chapter for me to write. It, and to read it out loud was like, who? Um, sorry,
1: it's okay. Take your time. I know that Sam's death was really hard on you.
0: That chapter was especially hard because that was probably arguably the hardest thing I've ever gone through. That was the worst one <laughs> to read. Um. But also the most healing to read, because I think that that is probably my favorite chapter in the book. I was so mad and wanted him to live so bad. And when I realized he wasn't going to, I was just angry at God. I was just like, I don't I don't understand why you would allow something like this to happen. I mean, I say in the book, I told God, when he dies, I'll
1: never talk to you again. Now I've written a book about him, so we see how that worked out. (laughs) I do want to talk to you, too, about something um, that your mom had you do. After you really kind of went through everything that you did with your eating disorder, your mama grabbed you by the shoulders and put you in front of the mirror and said, I want you to say three nice things about yourself. And you said at the beginning, that was really hard for you to do. What are the three nice things that you say to yourself today? I'm kind, I'm funny, and I think I have pretty lips. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I like how quickly those yeah. came off the top yeah. of your head, though, because that's that's part of that self-love is getting into the cycle of being able to say those nice things about yourself and believe them. There's a difference in being conceited and being confident.
0: Huge difference. And I think sometimes there's like a— a line that pe- that women and probably me I've never been a man, but uh, I can only speak from like a female perspective, but that we feel bad to be confident. It is so important to know and love good things about yourself. Yeah. Now, there are always things that you're going to want to improve. I'm in a new program right now trying to get myself in better shape. I love myself right now. I'm going to love myself 10 pounds down. I'm going to love myself 10 pounds up. Mm -hmm. I hope I don't do that. But if I do, I'm going to find a way to love myself that way because it's important. Now, what kind of reaction have you been getting from
2: this book and the empowerment mentality that you shared?
0: My own family has been like, and my friends from home have been like reaching out to me it's been very good for my heart actually just to put it out there it's very I mean it's like putting an album out it's vulnerable right scary to release something into the world but overwhelming love as what as what I felt you know my mom's best friend and people like that that are that have known me since I was a little girl that are reaching out and they're like, "Wow, we're so proud of the the woman that you are." And I'm like, "Dang, I need to read this book again." I'm proud too. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna sit down and read my book. Let me read
2: this again. So you seem really comfortable in your skin right now.
0: I'm working on it. We're all. It's that's you know, confidence is a choice. Loving yourself is a choice. I'm not always choosing it. I'm gonna be honest. Like sometimes I'm like crying. As of right now, I'm feeling really good. Thank you for recognizing that. It's work every single day.
1: Let's talk about the work that you're about to go do on tour. Because you've got this whole headlining tour that's coming up 2022. Spencer Crandall's going out with you. Give us the insight on what we're going to see when you hit the stage. What what can we expect? We've just started talking about the production and the set list and what
0: I want to do. And I'm very hands-on with all of that. It's like, put me in, Coach. I'm ready to play. I love... All of that, like thinking about the lighting packaging and what we're going to do here and do we have to get a tractor trailer to carry these things and how is that even a conversation I'm having? So we've just started the planning process for all of that and it's going to be different than the last tour. We have a whole new album to play, so we're coming up with some pretty exciting ways to play the new music and just to connect with people. Gosh, it feels like it's been So long, and we've played a couple of shows here and there, but just to get back to a routine, I'm a big fan of being on a routine. Mm -hmm. So, like, knowing that Thursday to Sunday, I've got, I'm, Mama's going to work. (laughs) I'm very excited about that. It's amazing. (laughs) I call myself Mama now. I got a dog. So now I'm a mom. Tell everybody about Opry. (laughs) Y'all, my dog thinks she's a person. Her name's Opry, and she's a golden doodle. So I'm allergic to dogs. Okay. That's the worst thing about me is that I'm allergic to dogs. I don't care either. I will get in there in your golden retriever's face. I'm just going to sneeze. I don't care. I love dogs. Now, she's a little bit of a mess. She's a little over a year old. So when I'm gone, I put her in her crate. I didn't ever want to do that, put her in a crate, until I had to call animal poison control for the third time Uh because she'd eaten another one of my plants. And I was like... The fiddle leaf fig was the final straw you're growing. You're going in the crate. I love her. She's broke she looks like a
1: package of ramen noodles. She's that curly. Roadhouse Romance is the movie where you can see her. You can buy her book and read it, or download it and listen to me read it to you. and Listen yeah. to her read it to you. which recommend. is Tickets are on sale now because they went on sale already. For the top of the World Tour. Top of the World Tour. Sitting Pretty on Top of the World is the album. So she is all things and can encompass your life. What else
0: could I squeeze in there? Lauren
1: Elena, <laughs> all things. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
3: Central Park. Arizona, California. My first stadium show was actually Atlanta. Notre Dame, St. Louis, Knoxville, all over the West Coast. Three times at the Bluebird, Texas, Florida, the Ryman. I did get to go to the Vegas show. I went once. I've been up north.
2: That's our new friend Jennifer recounting just a few of the Garth Brooks shows she's seen over the past 24 years of being a fan. And on this first installment of a feature we called Fanning Out,
1: we're going to get to know Jennifer and her love of Garth a little bit better. Fanning Out is going to be a lot of fun. I can tell. This is where we talk to the biggest, most passionate country music superfans about the artists they love. And if that's you, stay tuned because we're going to give you a number to call to share your story and you might hear yourself on a future episode of Country Heat Weekly. Now, Jennifer says she doesn't know exactly how many Garth shows
2: she's seen. Somewhere between 85 and 100. Oh my. <laughs> but she definitely
3: remembers her first one. It was actually Central Park, 1997. I convinced two of my friends to get on a Greyhound bus from New Jersey at like six in the morning. They didn't understand why we had to go at six in the morning for an eight o'clock at night concert, but we did. And uh, it was one of the best shows. And still, you know, after all these years of seeing him. Like almost 100 times, that was definitely still one of the best concerts.
2: Being a Jersey girl, it was no big deal for Jennifer to just pop into New York City when Garth was doing a special event or a TV
3: appearance. I saw Garth in many TV tapings. We would be outside for hours waiting. Saturday Night Alive. Um, we camped out overnight for that one. Um, I went to the Rosie O'Donnell show, the Conan O'Brien show, uh, The View, and then I went out to LA. I was actually there. It just happened that uh, he was going to be on Jay Leno show, and I got in, so that was awesome. The Christmas tree lighting, the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting today show was fun.
1: So given what we know about Jennifer so far, we can see she's dedicated. Yes, <laughs> but- to say the least. But <laughs> recently <laughs> she has taken that dedication up a notch.
3: I mean, I have had Garth memorabilia for many years. And when I was younger, obviously, it was my own bedroom and I had it all decked out and things like that. And then, you know, as I got older and have kids and, you know, a significant other, I don't think they want my Garth stuff all over. (laughs) So I decided that I was going to just take over the laundry room. Um, I put some of my favorite posters up there and then I have uh, made a couple picture collages from all over. I still have my Central Park bracelet, um, my Greyhound bus ticket from Central Park. Um, and then I also have some confetti. Garth shoots confetti a lot at his concerts. And then I have a ton of tickets. And then, of course, lots of pictures of him and I. So from all over. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of like a, hey, I got to do laundry, amount is make it entertaining around the wall for me. Now it's my G room. I need to go visit this laundry room.
1: It sounds pretty amazing. Well, she sent some pictures. Mm. So we'll post them on Instagram. Search out the hashtag Country Heat Weekly. One last thing that we have to share, Jennifer told us, as
3: much as she loves Garth, it's not all about him. It is about the music, you know, one aspect of it. But it's about the people. And it's about the camaraderie, the people, the adventure, um, and just the experiences I've got to have through Garth.
2: So how does your fandom measure up to Jennifer's? She set the
1: bar pretty wow. high. If you are a country music super fan like Jennifer, we want to talk to you. We need to know which country artists you love and just how much you really love them. Leave us a message on our hotline. It's 844-244-2510.
2: We'll post that number in our show notes and on our socials so you can be a part of future
1: episodes of Country Heat Weekly. Okay, so next week is our last episode of 2021, and we are working on something really special for y'all. Amber, have you checked out the Amazon Music Playlist Best of 2021 Country? I have, and I love that the cover art
2: has three women Mm -hmm. representing the best of 2021.
1: Carly Pierce, Mickey Guyton, and Morgan Wade next episode, we're going to dig into that list. We're going to talk about our favorite country music stories from the year, plus we're going to rediscover the Judds in celebration of their upcoming induction into the Country Music Hall of Fame.
2: We love hearing from y'all on social media. Shout out to Melissa, Stacy, and Alexander who all checked in. Use the hashtag Country Heat Weekly to help us spread the word.
1: And if you have a minute to rate and review the podcast, that would be the most awesome Christmas gift you could give Amber and me. And it's totally free. Five stars. Five stars.
2: So, Kelly, I was at a friend's uh, Christmas brunch on Saturday and she was like, oh, my gosh, I love the podcast, which is always exciting and great to hear. Of course. Right? Yes. She said, I love you and Kelly together. She said, but you know what my favorite part is? The burning question <gasps> at the end. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So shout out to my friend Laura for that piece of feedback. But we love that you're loving the burning question because we love it, too. Well, this one's for Laura, then. Yeah. We love you, Laura. <laughs> This week for our burning question, we asked the stars to think back on their favorite Christmas gift.
1: Spoiler alert, instruments were very popular. Yes, they were. Check out the hot takes from Chris Young, John Party, Lauren Elena, Brian Hurd, Matt Still, and Luke Bryan.
3: I actually got my first guitar as a Christmas gift.
4: One Christmas, I got a guitar, but I was real young. So this guitar spent... Multiple nights in the backyard, probably got hit by a sprinkler. You know, as a kid, I didn't know what to do with this thing.
0: I got my Barbie back when I was like six years old, and I thought I ruled the world because it had a horn and it had Barbie's picture on it.
3: My parents got me a drum kit. That was really cool. My mom
2: still talks about it, but I'm not so sure she loved it after I started playing the drums.
4: My mother got me a puppy one time, Hollyberry. My first Honda 50 motorcycle that I got back in 1984. <laughs>
1: Country Heat Weekly is a collaborative production between Amazon Music and Nevermind Media. Executive producer, Melissa Locker. Senior producer, Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Detheridge. Sound design by Tim Inonkel.
2: Production assistance from Annie Reuter and Debbie Daughtry.
1: Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. Additional music from Madeline McCormack. The Amazon Music Team
2: includes Nathan Brackett, Emily Cohen, Chris Graham, Cam Farrelly, Michelle Kammerer, Eliza Mills, Morgan Jones, and Raymond Roker. Development consultant, Michelle Dix.
1: Additional production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Abby, and all the other very good dogs out there. Be
2: sure to follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop.